Go ahead and magnify the Lord today. Amen, amen, amen. I'm very glad the Lord touched you one day. Oh, he touched me. Amen. You would grab your Bibles today. John 9. I would like for Pastor Richard, amen, Pastor Crispin, Pastor Ben Nutter to come sit on the platform with me today. These are our daughter work pastors. Would you give them a hand of appreciation? They're all doing a tremendous job. I got a report today that in this revival, they had a great revival in Coshocton this week. And uh, today they baptized six people in Jesus' name, Coshocton. Aren't we thankful for that? Hallelujah. Praise God. We rejoice in that. And uh, thrilled. We're baptizing. Baptizing a lot of people. Excited, aren't we? So good to have uh, Brother and Sister Faubert and their awesome family, their four children. We're so glad to have you. Thank you for investing in the anchor this week. And uh, would you give them a hand, our dear friends? Amen. Our National Bible Quiz Coordinator. Just amazing. And uh, feel so blessed to be here tonight in the presence of God. What a great crowd on Sunday evening. The people that have come out to magnify the Lord. You know what? You folks love God, don't you? You could have been anywhere. You love God, don't you? I, I feel that tonight. What an atmosphere here. The love of God and a love for God. Watch uh Watch what happens in John 9. Jesus, Jesus has healed the blind man. The blind man at this moment has never seen him because Jesus sent him to the pool of Siloam to wash his eyes. And then he began to see. The Pharisees didn't believe it, so they called him in to counsel him. They didn't believe him, so they brought his parents in to make sure he was blind when he was born. And uh, verse 23 says, Therefore, John 9, 23, Therefore said his parents, He is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. And they're speaking of Jesus. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. Whoever sent me to the pool, put spittle in my eyes, I don't really know a lot about it. He's talking about Jesus, talking about Christ. He's never seen him before. This is what he said. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, I couldn't tell you who he was if I saw him. If you, if you set him in a crowd of ten people, I wouldn't know who he is. Where he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But there's one thing I do know. I was blind, but now I see. Come on, that's evidence enough right there. Verse 34, they answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. They cast the blind man out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. I like this part. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? Everybody shout, He found him that had been cast out. He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him. And it is he that talketh with thee. Praise God. Aren't you glad God reveals himself to us? Amen. I once was blind, but now I see. Come on. Can anybody relate with that in the room? You didn't know who God was, but now you know who he is. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. 
Why don't you just take a moment and worship Him if He's ever done anything for you? Come on, lift your voice. Shout out to the Lord right now. If He's ever done anything good for you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. One more verse and I'll let you be seated. How about it? 2 Kings 4, I told you last week I was going to preach tonight. And uh, we're going to skip a few verses. 2 Kings 4, I'll tell you the story, get you back on the same page. But Verse 3, then he said, 2 Kings 4, give you time. I think everybody ought to have a good Bible under their arm. Thank God for technology and iPads and iPhones and all that stuff. I think you need a good Bible to read out of, though. That's weak, amen, because you're so technological nowadays. But I think you need some, I think you need a, 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 a Bible you can hold. I mean, well, I'm meddling, but I'm right. You know, you need to, you need to. You got some margins, you know, underline and highlight. Stuff speaks to you, write a little note and leave it for your kids one of these days. Come on, are you with me right now? All right. All right, I had enough of that, I think. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to preach. I'm so moved in his spirit. Of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Go get all the vessels you can. Even get empty ones. Borrow. Everybody shout borrow. Not a few. I'd like to preach for the next few moments on gather, not a few. Gather, not a few. Would you lift your hands and love him again? Lord, we love you. We thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We magnify you, God. We worship you today, God, for who you are. You are our King. You are our Lord. I'm asking you to help me tonight preach. I pray that your anointing would be upon me, that your spirit would be upon me, oh God. The angel of the Lord would be here tonight to help me minister to this congregation. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, and everybody says, amen. Oh, clap your hands and shout again. There's a shout in this room. There really is. There's a rejoicing here tonight. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. I, I just want to obey the Holy Ghost tonight. And, and I told you I was going to preach on gather not a few, but I feel like I need to flow just for a few moments and talk about what's in my spirit. Jesus had stood there in John 7, and he said on that last day, that great day of the feast, he said, come unto me. Any man thirst, let him come unto me and what? Somebody shout, Drink. For he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Everybody shout rivers of living water. What you have to understand, it was on this day. It was the last day of the last feast. Three major feasts in the year. Everybody say the feast of the Passover. They were called the pilgrimage feast. That meant... They would take a journey from their faraway lands to get back to Jerusalem to celebrate these feasts. They say the Passover. That was representation of the blood. You've got the feast of Pentecost. They'd take two leavened bread, pieces of loaves of leavened bread, they'd wave it to the Lord. That was representation of the word, the law that was given. Everybody shout the word. Then when they, on the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the setting of John 7, on the last day, the, the last feast, the last, the last day of, of all the feasts of the year, Jesus stands there and he begins to talk about water because you have to understand that three bear record in heaven. Amen. The blood, the word, and the water. Amen. That's what scripture says. And these three are one. Amen. I said these three are one. And what Jesus was saying after all three feasts, what he was saying was if any man thirst, the feast of the tabernacles dwelling in tents outside their own homes, to be reminded and tell their children, we used to be in the wilderness for 40 years, but God brought us out and look what he's given us. 
given us sealed houses and trees we've never planted that we're plucking fruit from. And God's been good to us, they would tell the kids. How many, how many can say today, God's been good to you? God's been good to you. Amen, amen, amen. The Passover represented the blood of the Lamb. The Feast of Pentecost represented the word, the law that was given. But the Feast of Weeks, or excuse me, the Feast of Tabernacles, when he stood there, they would pour water out on the altar. They would pour water on the altar. They called it the living water. Everybody shout the living water. And what it represented, they would even camp, some of them would camp by the water gate. The reason it was because when they were living in tents, Pastor Christman, there was, there was manna that fell every day. Can you say amen? Bread from heaven. Amen. The Bible says it was angels' food. But not only was there manna that fell upon the ground every morning just enough for them, there was a rock that followed them. And out of that rock, there came rivers, rivers of fresh water. Every day they got up, there was a constant flow of the waters that came out of the rock that fed, that, that gave water for them, their children, their cattle, for their sheep. How many know God provided that? That's right. And the Bible says that rock was Christ. How many believe that rock was Christ? Amen. I come to submit to this congregation, Jesus was more than just another prophet. He was more than just Mary's son. I come to tell you that he was the word, he was the blood, and he was the spirit. That's right. He was all three in one. And when he stood there on the last great day of the feast, he looked at everybody that was, that was the scholars and that was the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He looked at them and all those listening in the temple when he was teaching the last day. They've been pouring out once a day for six days. Water up on the altar. Saying there's water going to come. Oh, we need the reign of God. We need the blessing of God. But they would go on and they would say, there's a Messiah that's coming. Jesus declares before this company of people what he was saying was if you're thirsty he said come unto me and drink. You know why? I am the Messiah. I am the one that Isaiah prophesied about. I am he. I'm preaching to you tonight. Everything you need is in him. The Bible says Colossians 2 and 9 in him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and we are complete in him. From him I get the word. From him I get the blood. And from him I get his spirit. Somebody shout amen. When I think of Jesus, I think of Jehovah Jireh. Abraham said, he's God my provider. I think of Jehovah Nisi. I think of Jehovah Rapha. I think of Jehovah Shalom. When you think of God of the Old Testament, I come to tell you, it is the Jesus of the New Testament. All you need is in him. Oh, clap your hands if you believe in Jesus tonight. When you say Jesus, you get it all. You really do. You're not him. You're not him. Well, if I say I'm not him, he said, then I'm a liar. Because I am he that has been sent. How many believe Jesus is the Messiah? Come on, how many believe Jesus is the Christ? That's what Christ means. It means the anointed one. It means the one that was sent. I realize I'm being redundant tonight and and preaching what I somewhat preached to you this morning, but I think we need to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church tonight. When you look, when they reject him, he forgives an adulterous woman. He kneels down in the dirt that's in the temple. I don't think they cared about the temple too much. There's dirt on the floor of the temple. See, when y'all read that, you pictured him being outside the temple. How many know when he knelt in this dirt and he, and he wrote in the, in, the, in the dirt? It was actually... On a, on a hard floor that hadn't been cleaned. They didn't care about the temple because they had dirt in their own heart. All they were worried about was the dirt on everybody else when they had dirt in their own heart. The Bible says take the moat out of your own eye before you judge your neighbor. Come on, we need to quit looking down on sinners. 
We need to quit looking down on people that don't have it all together. Just because you've been in this a long time. You need to understand you were a sinner too that God saved. Amen. By his grace and by his mercy. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There ought to be a humility in every one of us. That someone repents, we ought to rejoice with all of heaven because we've been forgiven. Are anybody in the room glad that you've been forgiven tonight? That God forgave you of a world of sin and iniquity. I don't know what he wrote, but I think he was making a statement. You ought to clean this place. Shouldn't be able to get down. I appreciate the saints of God that take time to come here and clean and sweep and take care of the restrooms. I I wouldn't go to a dirty church. Come on, I think the church should look pristine. How many love the house of God? It ought to look nice. The grass ought to be cut. Things ought to be washed. Aren't you glad you come to a clean church tonight? There's been people working this afternoon cleaning up after the, all the usage of, of this morning to make sure because it's a house of God. Everybody in this room ought to get a little involved in cleaning up the church. Daughter work pastors, if you have people here tonight, you ought to get involved in cleaning up your church. We don't need a dirty church physically. How many know we need a clean house of God? It ought to look the best in town. It really should. But I'm going to talk about something more than the walls being nice and the carpet being clean and the commodes being all right and the sinks being clean. I'm going to talk about something more than that. We ought to have a clean heart when we come to the house of God. We ought to wash our hands and wash our spirit. I'm not talking about your physical hands. The Bible says we ought to have clean hands and a pure heart. We ought to get on our knees when we come to the house of God. Get on our knees in the prayer room. Amen, amen. Church starts at 6 for our community. But we ought to be here sooner if we can to get to that prayer room and say, God, would you clean my mind from the worldly stuff? Would you clean my heart of the attitude I've had because of things going on at work? Amen. Church starts at 6 on Sunday evening for our community. But we need to have some believers getting here and cleaning their own spirit before you come up and raise holy hands to the Lord. I'm preaching to you because we've got a service to him. We're providing an atmosphere for people that are broken and hurting. You see the pool of Siloam was a pilgrimage pool. My goodness, there I am. I've, I've given you a title I'm not even preaching about again. Second week in the road, but I'm going to obey the Holy Ghost and not protocol. They come from all over the world. They come around to be there for the feast of the tabernacles. Before they would go up to the temple, when they'd take that far, long journey, Brother and Sister Hyden, they'd go to the pool of Siloam and they'd wash in that pool. That pool was a place of sanctification. It's a place where they would go clean themselves from the journey before going into a holy temple. I think we got to understand something that we as believers, we ought to be able to come into this house and we ought to clean up before we get in here. Come on, I'm talking to the saints. I'm talking about all you holy people right now. You march your way through jobs with a, a bunch of trash all around you. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about uh, plastic water bottles laying everywhere. I'm talking about you come from attitudes and cursing and jokes and music that's ungodly. And you got screens around. You've got to try to put blinders on to get through the week. And the, you, you come in the church. How many's ever felt filthy and dirty after a day's work? And I... Anybody around me here? I know what I'm talking about. Walk through supermarkets and go places. Let me tell you something. You need to avoid some places that are dirty because it's entertaining. That's why we didn't go to the movies. It's filled with filth. I don't care how good the popcorn is. You shouldn't be at the movies. I don't care who says it's okay. I don't believe it's all right. You'll stop praying if you go there. You will. You'll, it'll hinder your walk with God. You walk in that place. Oh, pastor, I'm going there to watch some this or that. No, 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 no. You walk in places like that, you're going to walk out feeling dirty. you got stuff in your mind. Why? Because the atmosphere is polluted with the dump yard of Hollywood. we got to, we got to, this is what I feel. We can't cast our pearl before the swine. We can't just go anywhere we want to go just because everybody, no, we've got a holy God living in this earthen vessel. Come on, he's the treasure. I've got to protect it. Oh, let me preach to you. Let me preach to you. It's hard enough just walking through this world, having to remove the stigma and the dirt and the cleanness, trying to keep our mind focused, then to go willingly somewhere that you're going to walk out feeling dirty. I realize everybody doesn't agree with me, but they're wrong and I got the microphone. Amen. I'm your pastor. 
The Bible says don't set that which is an abomination before your eyes. You got to guard your heart with all diligence for out of it come the issues of life. You got to guard what you watch on your phone and watch what comes across the, uh, those monitors and your screens and your televisions. You got to be careful just to say, well, you know, I hear there's a lot of buzz about this. I don't watch it. To think that people went and watched movies like so many shades of gray and posted about it and nothing but, nothing but pornography and ungodliness and they feel good about it. Come on, I ought to bother you to let fornication come across your movies in the name of entertainment. It ought to bother you stuff uh, that talks about adultery, un- things that he went to the cross to forgive people of and you entertain yourself with it. There's something wrong with your spirit. There's something wrong with your spirit. I'm going to tell you what nobody preaches again. It's the way they used to because they're entertained by it. The reason they don't preach against it. The reason they don't talk about it. The reason we're okay with it. Because you've been entertained by it so long. You're okay with people sinning. That's why there's no conversions. And there's transfer, no transformations. I believe in mercy. And I believe in grace. But there's got to be an atmosphere that people say, I need to change. I believe I can come out of this mess. I don't have to stay where I am. We're not here to condemn you. We're here to help you get free from what the devil's trying to destroy you with because there's power. Somebody shout, there's power. I'm not here to get up in this pulpit and condemn. I'm here that there's an atmosphere that's so powerful that the sinner that comes in under bondage, drug addiction, addicted, lust in their heart, they've got gambling issues, they've got alcohol bondage, they've been whacked out of their mind because of abuse, things that's happened to them. We're living a culture that is broken and beaten. They are, they are trodden under the feet of the enemy and they somehow come out of the alleyway that the devil has put them in called the world the Bible says straight as the gate broad is the way which leads to destruction and many go that direction they get trampled they get beaten they get trodden under just like in the story of the good Samaritan the Bible says he was beaten he was left half dead and he was robbed but I like the rest of the story the Bible says there was some priests that went around him there was some Levites that bypassed him. Oh, but the good Samaritan, when he saw him, he went where he was. He didn't go to kick him. He went to pick him up. He went to pull him out. He went to set him free. That's the church. He didn't go there and say, you should have went down this road. You shouldn't have done that. He went to him to heal him. And he took oil and he took wine. I submit to you tonight, you're the, you're, the, you're the cleanest place in town, the safest place in town, the best place in town, the most powerful place in town, and you can get whatever you need from God tonight. That's what I come to preach. I don't care how long you've been drunk. It doesn't matter how long you've been high, how long you've been hurting, how long you've been sinning. The Son of God is here tonight to set you free. If you believe it, jump to your feet, clap your hands, and shout Hallelujah. God, they'd sanctify themselves. You may be seated. They'd go to that pool and they'd wash. I come to tell you, you get in the presence of God, it'll sanctify you. We need to go get in the presence of God before we come in the house of God. Cleanse yourself. Old timers believe that and meditate upon the Lord before they go to church. Come on, you know how you are. We're not careful. We, we show up, sit on the seat, they're singing songs, we're thinking about something else. Come on, you, you got your mind on work tomorrow and Watch your wife said to you on the way down the road. Kids are spastic. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Y'all not talking to me. You know what I'm talking about? Also, oh, all of you are holy when you get here. Come on. Anybody ever had a bad attitude when you showed up at the church? Come on. Family's getting on your nerves. You're getting on your own nerves. Come dragging in. There's some weeks, there's some weeks you celebrate. There's other weeks you're glad to see go. Am I talking to anybody? The Bible says, and it was one of those days. You ever have one of those days? But when you get here, you go to the, you go to the labor, you go to the prayer room, you reach in the water. There it is again. He was the altar. 
He was the laver. He was the golden candlestick. Come on. He was the shoe bread, and he is the altar of incense. Let me just talk to a few Bible scholars in the room right here right now. He was the altar. He was the laver. He was the golden candlestick, the seven-tier golden candlesticks. That's why you find him in the New Testament. He was standing in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. He was in the, he was in the altar of incense as a worship. He was, come on now, and he was at the table of shoe bread. Yes, he was the pure bread for the priest. He was the altar. He was the, he was the ark of the covenant. I'm going to lose a few of you, but just hang on. I'm coming back to you. He was the ark, ark of the Covenant. You know what else he was? He was the lamb that was slain up on the ark all at the same time. He was the blood of the spotless lamb. The blood was carried from there. It was carried into the holy place and then was sprinkled upon the mercy seat, which he is the mercy seat. It was sprinkled upon the mercy seat. He's the all in all. I'll take it a little further. He wasn't only the lamb. He wasn't only the altar. He wasn't only the mercy seat. He was the high priest that went to the glory just give himself as a ransom for you and me the Bible says in the book of Hebrews for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities for he was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin I proclaim he was our high priest and he was tempted but he's holy and there's none like him how many believe he has a name that's above every name? And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess. He's the altar. He's the lamb. And he's the priest. And he's one. He was all of that. Not at different moments. Not at different times. He was all of that simultaneously. At the same time. He was the all in all. Adulterous woman, throw her, at, throw her at his feet. You just threw her at the feet of the mercy seat. You just threw her at the feet of the lamb. You just threw her at the feet of the high priest who's got blood on his hand to sprinkle it up on the mercy seat to give sinners mercy. I come to tell you, it's the safest place to bring a sinner is into the house of God before the presence of Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm preaching? There's about to be a whole room full of ex-drug addicts. Come on, ex-drug dealers, ex-prostitutes, ex-adultery fornication. Why? Because Jesus is the high priest. I think you ought to clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Woo! Come on, are there any dancers in the room? Are there any rejoicers in the room? How many glad you've been saved? How many glad you've been saved? People get confused on the oneness of God. So they don't understand how can he be separate from God if he's received up into heaven. I'm going to tell you how he's received. He's received as the lamb. Doesn't separate him from God. He's received as the sacrifice. Do you believe that? He's received as the Lamb of God. He said it this way. He said, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up again. I'm the Lamb. See, there's part of me that has to die. But there's part of me that will never die. You're looking at the Lamb, but also the Father dwelleth in me. And you're going to kill me, but in three days, I will raise it up again. Come on, there's one God. That's why in Isaiah, he said, I'm the Savior and there's none beside me. Come on, did he not say, I'm the Savior and I will not share my glory with another? I'm preaching to you everything you need. You can get me you say, Jesus. Come on, something happens when you say, Jesus. I wish somebody would jump to your feet and shout, Jesus. Jesus, come on, Jesus. Jesus, your family can be saved in the name of Jesus. You can be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Woo, I wish somebody that needed a miracle would shout Jesus. Jesus. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about some of you got it all together right now. Things are going your way. I'm talking about some desperate people in the building. The things aren't going. Your prayers aren't answered. I wish somebody get real serious with it right now and use that name for what it's meant. Jesus. I'm talking about desperate. I'm, I'm talking about, this is a place for fake people. We don't have a sign at the door that says no fake people allowed. We just real here. 
We don't have no phony baloney. Just go through the motions. People here got real with God. They didn't read some prayer written by somebody else. They didn't come and talk in King James Version. They didn't know how to say thee and thou. When they came to the Lord, they said it's me. I didn't know how to pray right, but I'm a sinner. I really know, know much about you. But what they tell me, my friend got delivered and I'm tired of being bound. And if there's a God, you can do it for him, then you can do it for me. God, all I know is I need you right now. That's all you need for him to touch you right now. Somebody shout, all I know. I was blind. But now I see. I want you to rejoice all over this building for truth. I want you to thank God for truth. Come on, there's one throne, one face, and one name. Come on, rejoice over one truth. Rejoice over truth. Come on, everybody in the room, I want you to begin to shout to the Lord. Lift your voice to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't move on. He said, Pilate, you don't take my life. I give it. I offer myself. Are thou the king? Thou sayest. You going to defend yourself? He went like a lamb. Lamb dumb before his shears. Opened not his mouth. The same voice that said, let there be light. John 1. You can be seated. I don't care about that clock if you don't. We're going to have a revival where everybody forgets about school tomorrow. Their kids are going to get to bed late because their kids are going to be laid out and drunk in the Holy Ghost. And they're going to sleep good and still get good grades. That's just what's going to happen. Come on, you watch and see. These, teenage, these teenagers going to lay out here and God's going to call them to preach in a revival service. They're not going to get up. Mama's going to say, hey, I got school tomorrow. Daddy's going to say, hey, I got school. And you're going to come up here and you're here. Don't you pry them up from that. You need to let them linger in the presence of God. It'll keep them from alcohol. It'll keep them from the world. It'll keep them. It'll put them on a foreign field preaching the gospel. Get on of God. They'll go to bed that night. They'll sleep better than they could if they got if they slept for 24 hours because the rest is in his presence. Where was I? John 1, 2. The Bible says all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Because the word was in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. All things. Somebody said all things. And the same voice that said let there be light. He that's without sin. Let him cast the first stone. Same voice that said go wash in the pool of Siloam. Thou be healed. Everybody say it was the same voice. Lazarus. Come forth. Same voice that speaks right now. That says, go and sin no more. Do you believe that? I'm telling you, God's going to set somebody free. If you just... You, if you just amen and confess right now that the Lord is the Savior. Come on, if you can do it right now, I'm going to tell you, God's going to set you free right in your seat. Just right where you are, God's going to do it. If you'll just, come on, I wish somebody just confessed, Jesus, you're the, Lord, you're the Lord. Jesus, you're the King of Kings. Come on, I wish somebody do it right now, like the blind man. He said, you're him. And worship. Right now, healing's happening. Ooh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tonight's going to be a commissioning service and I'm asking no one to leave. I'm asking you to respect your pastor and stay in this, this atmosphere of the glory of God. What you feel is not just the presence of God, it's the glory of God. How many feel that here tonight? Tonight, God wants to commission some people into ministry.
I've preached this truth for two weeks. Both times did not know that I was going to step into the anointing of the Lord to preach doctrine, but I have. Because I'm going to obey him. I told the Lord this morning, I said, I'll go wherever you go when I preach. I'm not just going to follow some notes and dismiss. You're nothing more than just a sermon. Sometimes a seminary and cemetery aren't falling apart. We need a move of God. And she says to the prophet, she said, my husband died and he was a son of the prophet. And, and uh, I've got issues and because he left the debt and they're coming after my kids. They're going to take them as slaves. And Elisha, I don't, I don't, know, what I, I don't know what to do, but all I know is I don't want to lose my boys. 2 Kings chapter 4. Verse 2, Elisha said to her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me what thou hast in thine house. How many heard me preach a little bit about this last week? I haven't lost you, have I? You know, you'll be okay. Taco Bell's going to wait on you. I am not going to disobey God and finish this right now. Don't you disobey God and turn me off either. What we have is a gift. It's a revelation. And he said to her, what's in your house? What do you have in that house? And what she said, let's look at it. He said, what the house thou in that house in 2 Kings 4 and 2? And what she say? Thy handmaid hath not anything in the house. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. It's almost like an afterthought. The comma comes in and she says, oh, whoa, 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 you know, I have a pot of oil. I really don't have anything, just a pot of oil. Look at the next word. Go. Everybody shout go. I, preacher, I, I, I really, I don't have anything but salvation. All I've got is a testimony. What do you have in your house? What he said was very powerful. He said, if, what he's saying implying is if you don't go, your kids are going to become slaves. If you don't use what's in your house, bondage is on the way. What I'm preaching to this church, you better you and your house get involved in ministries, what I'm preaching. We shouldn't just be sitting idle on the seat doing nothing. How many believe we ought to at least be involved in the prayer meeting and praying for somebody? We ought to be doing something. Everybody in the room ought to be doing something or bondage is coming. What's in your house tonight? Look at your neighbor say, I don't have anything in the house. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't have anything in the house. Hold on a minute. Save. A testimony where God healed me from my crooked feet. What do you have in your house? Oh, I don't have any. I'm not an ordained preacher. I, I just was blind, but now I see. What do you have? Oh, compared to them, I really don't have any. He didn't ask what's in their house. He asked what's in your house. And some of you are that close to the greatest harvest and revival and miracles you've ever seen in your life. Quit waiting until you get everything you think you need and start using what God's already given you. That's what I come to prophesy to this church. Quit waiting until you got a degree in theology. Quit waiting till you know exactly all the details of all the revelations. None of us have all the revelations. But God's saying to the congregation here tonight, what is in that house? She said, I've got a pot of oil. He said this, go. Everybody shout, go. go. Borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Somebody said, all thy neighbors. Even empty vessels. I want you to go borrow vessels. I want you to get empty vessels. Somebody shout the next statement. Would you shout it with me? Borrow not a few. At what point? Let me just tell you what I'm going to preach here for a second. At what point? Do we start labeling how big not a few is? 
um, six people is a lot of people get baptized. Get shocked. Them. That's a lot. In some ways, I think that's probably the most we baptized in five years. Been there as an anchor. Is that right? But I don't believe that that's big. I believe it's a beginning. Not a few. Not a few. He didn't say go borrow a hundred vessels from the neighborhood. He didn't say go get 50 or 56 or or 122 or go get 1,075. He didn't say that. Matter of fact, he didn't even say what the vessels have to look like. Well, you got to get vessels about that tall, about, we just want skinny vessels. He didn't say they had to be skinny vessels or tall vessels. I'm going to get in trouble here if I keep on going different size vessels here. My God, I got to move on with this. He didn't say what the vessels had to look like. He just said, just go get vessels. He didn't say they had to be full-grown vessels, or he didn't say they had to be little tiny vessels. He just said, just go get vessels. And where's my vessels at? Come on, somebody help me. My goodness. We got vessels. Oh, my lands, we got vessels. Come on, set that right there. We got vessels. Come on. Come on, pots and pans. Here, here. Here, hold that. Here, hold that. Here. Yeah. Your door knocking now. You. I'm just teasing. God, God, come up, come to one of those, run over one of those doors, go over to one of those doors. You got, you got to go that way. You, people are always going the same direction. We've been having revival in the south end. Somebody ought to go to the north end and get, have revival. I'm just. Come on, we have, we've had all kinds of vessels come from south end. We did a little study with Brother Anthony not too many years ago. We had 586 people come to this church from the south end. We had 75 people come from the north end, come to this church. That's what was attending. It's the address we had people came to this church. 586 people from, from I-70 down. We had, we had 75 people come from the north end. I don't remember the east end or west end. That's what I remember. And I thought to myself, that, you know why we have people come from the south end? Because that's where we've been gathering vessels at. That's right. I wonder what would happen if somebody went up north and started gathering vessels. I wonder what would happen. Come here. Come on. Come on up here. Come on. Come on, north end. Oh, my lands. Look at those vessels. Shiny vessels. Well, I don't know if the rich can be saved. I'm going to hit something right there that I feel in the Holy Ghost. Well, I just don't know if I just don't know if they got money where they can be saved. They need God just like, like the homeless guy under the bridge. They, come on, they, they're not happy. I'm going to tell you right now, they're sinners too. We got to get our mind off of he can only save some type of vessels. He said, just go gather vessels. Quit categorizing. Quit saying what they have to look like. Go get vessels. When you go to your doctor's office, you ought to, before you leave, say, doctor, I got something I need to tell you. There was a moment in my life I was bound, but God healed me. I'd like you to come to church with me on Sunday. Let me tell you why we don't do that, because you think they do not want to come. Go to the lawyer's office, you got some business you got to take care of, care of. You say, oh, by the way, while we're here waiting on the paperwork. Have I ever told you I was blind, but now I see? And something inside of that person that was put there by the hand of God himself, that creation called a soul, begins to perk up. Because what money can't buy, Calvary can. Do you believe this? Well, I'm not rich. Who cares? Jesus wasn't rich either. The foxes had holes, the birds had nests, but he didn't have anywhere to lay his head. But the kings listened to him, and the priests listened to him. Why? He had an experience. Oh, my lands, look, you got, you got. Come on, Brother Ethan. We still going to gather from the south end. Oh, my lands, you got. Hold on a minute. We can't have marijuana in that pot. What in the world are you doing? I'm not, I'm not saying that the south end is just full of marijuana and alcohol. Wait, man. That's up on the north end too, praise God. Hey, that one smells like marijuana. What y'all been cooking back there in the... In the, in the I'm just poking at my mother-in-law right now. Amen. Boy, that one smells like alcohol. He didn't say it could smell like alcohol. 
I need somebody else. Come here, Brother Ronnie. There are some big pots in this town that, that, that's filled with money that was evil. And they've got hidden pots. Probably hidden pot. <laughs> but you listen to this preacher. They got a soul and they're empty no matter how much money they got. Come on, am I preaching to anybody in this room? I say we go gather pots. I say we get them old and we get them young. I say we get them used and we get them broken. I say we get them clean and we get them dirty. But whatever you do, don't bring few of them. Get not a few, gather not a few. Let me, let me. I'm sorry, but that pot's going to get your seat on Sunday. I don't know. I don't want to get anybody. They might get my seat. Go to the back and grab a metal one if they get your seat, the rows full. Put it out in the aisle. I'll be okay with it. But we got to fill this room with vessels. We got to fill the room with vessels. I just want to ask the anchor tonight, is there anybody here that says, I want the house to be filled with vessels? Do you want it? Here, lay them out. Just, just start stacking them around. You just put them around. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Oh, no, no, no. We haven't gathered those from somewhere else. Here, here, take that. Take that back. Come here. Go to the back. Go to the back and then run back up here. We run, run back, run back. Oh, yeah. Go on, run, run, boy, run. I'm going to blame you for my long preaching because you took so long. No, open the door for him. Open the door. His hand's too full. You got to get out there. You, you, can't, you can't gather them in here. That's our problem. We hang out in the church waiting on vessels to get here. You got to go to where the vessels are. You got to go get them. Come on, come on, come on. No, put them in the pot. You got to put them in the pot. That's a pregnant single mom with two kids, twins in their belly. She's not married. She got two babies in the oven. But she's got a soul somewhere, and they have a soul at conception. He said, I don't care how big they are. It doesn't matter how small they are. It doesn't matter if there's a pot inside of a pot. It doesn't matter how it was conceived. Bring them in the house because God is going to fill them with his oil. Don't ever forget that the woman at the well, she had five husbands and the one she now had wasn't even her. But Jesus went to her and he offered her the well of living water. I wonder who's going to help me preach right now and say, I'm going to go gather some vessels. I'm going to go gather some vessels. Come here, Reverend Sharp. Where are you at, Brother Sharp? Run down here with Pastor. Brother Sharp, run down here with Pastor. You can walk down here. He's my elder. Hey, man, I'm not rebuking him, getting in trouble with God. Come up here. 40, over 45 years of ministry. 45 years. Aren't we blessed to have him in our church ministry? I preached about the kids. I preached about children in the church. I preached about, we've got vans. We don't have enough drivers and door knockers and people inviting them. Run up here, Brother Jody Russell. Where you at, Brother Jody? Come on. I'll tell you to run. I'm about your age. Amen. He came to me the other day, and he said, Pastor, I've got a vision. I know what my ministry is. I said, what is it? He laid the book on the table, turned the page open, tears started running down his eyes. He said, how many apartment complexes do we have in Zanesville? Six. CMHA properties. How many, how many apartments are in those six apartments? 574 apartments. 574 apartments. Is that right? That's a lot of, that's a lot of vessels, isn't it? That's a lot of vessels. How many vans do we have? Three. We have three right here at the anchor. How many seats are on those vans? There's 30, 32 or 42? Is it 32? 42. 42 including drivers and the captain. Is that correct? Yeah, I didn't know that for years. I, I didn't know there's that many apartment complexes, that many apartments. But he did because he went to prayer. 
And he started studying. He said, you know what? I think we can fill some vans up. We're going to have to get some more vans. And he said, because if we can go there, we can gather some vessels. I'm not going to miss the moment. Because this man who has a license to drive that real big bus over there. He said, Pastor, he said, you get the kids to come. He said, they'll get them to come. I'll go pick them up. 45 years of pastoral ministry and ministry. And he said, I'll drive the van. You know why? Because he's revival minded. I just want to know. Here's the opportunity. Is there anybody in this room that's going to help us gather vessels? Run up to this altar if you're going to help us gather vessels. Come on, run up to this altar if you're going to gather vessels. You're going to gather some vessels. You gonna gather vessels? Hallelujah. 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 Watch. There are people in this community as you're coming. They love God as much as you do. But their experience has been very shallow. They know there's more. They go to church and they get filled up on, on their understanding and the heart's still empty. And they're saying right now, I love God, but there's something missing. We don't condemn them. We reach for them and pray for them. They love God as much or more than some of us. But the Christmas, you're one of those that God gave a deeper revelation. For the Nehemiah, you're another one. The name of Jesus. We don't condemn them. They're vessels. They're going to come to this church because something's missing. They love God. They have a a level of understanding. They're like a polis. It was a thin vessel, shallow vessel. Quill and Priscilla said, boy, you're a fiery preacher. But let me expound the word of the Lord more perfectly. Boy, he saw it. In this room right now, you're making a covenant with God. If you are between the age of 20 and age of 20 and 30, um, age of 20 to 30, I want you to come up on the platform with Pastor. 20 to 30. Age 20 to 30. Wow. My God. Look at this. You've got it. There is fruit on your vine. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you so mightily. There's so many things that you have to offer to the community. Really, you're professional. You've got the understanding of God. You've got to walk with God. You really do. It's an amazing group. A revelation and understanding. You work hard. You've got a, a, a diligence about you. It's amazing what you have. But there's more for you. And tonight, we as a body, I'm not only, I'm a, you just please bear with me. I, I felt this for some time. We're going to anoint every single one of you. I want the daughter work pastors to come. Just behind my seat, there are six bottles of oil. I want you to bring that. Elder Tom Melick, Elder Sharp's going to help me. We're going to anoint them. Listen, between the age of 20 and 30, God is going to use you mightily to do a work for God. He's going to use you mightily. I'm not leaving you out. I'm just obeying God. Hallelujah. You are going to spark something in this church. You're going to drive vans. You're going to knock doors. God's going to give you a vision, a passion. You're going to be involved. You're going to fill this building up and your building's up. You are wherever you come from tonight. There's going to be such an anointing that goes with you. God's going to lead you to people. You're going to be driving down the road and the Holy Ghost, Brother Ronnie, just like happened the other day, is going to say, go down this road. Knock on this door, and there's going to be a mom on the other end of the door crying, lonely. Saying, I was just wishing I knew how to get a hold of God. And you're going to be the answer to her prayer. Do you believe that? Amen, amen. Come on, all the 20 to 30-year-olds, don't miss it. God's going to do something. If you're down there and you're 20, between 20 and 30, jump up here. Jump up here. Now watch this. I want you to go, Elder Melick, get that oil. Daughter work pastors. 
Come on, I want you to go. You, you, we're going to commission them. Listen, what's going to seem like an inconvenience is going to be a great opportunity. Will you pray for them right now? I want, they're, they're getting their heart ready. Y'all get your heart ready. Come on, open your heart. I want everybody in this room praying for them. Hallelujah. You're going to operate as one. Sister Bounds, I need you wherever you are. Sister Bounds, I need you wherever you are. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, I want you to earnestly pray for them. These are disciples of Jesus Christ. Highways and hedges compel them to come in. Hallelujah. I want you to get some oil. I want you to get some oil. Amen, amen. Dump oil in your hand like that. Dump oil in your hand like that. Take it. Be led of the Lord. Are you all ready? Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and pray. I want you on the platform. God, at this moment, is going to give you a burden for hungry, lost people. Go ahead, ministers. Go lay hands on them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We commission you. We commission you. Come on, help me pray. There's something happening right now in this group. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, out here, I want you to start laying hands on each other. Come on. Women with women, men with men, I want you to start laying hands. Let's just fast. I want you to start praying with one another. 
The Spirit of the Lord is healing and ministering and touching. God, let us reach our community.